she was like, Kelly, your cortisol levels are so high. Your adrenals are just all over the place. You were in fight or flight all of the time. Your body is not allowing you to have a period because it feels unsafe for you to get pregnant. And unless you sort yourself out, this is not going to end very well, you know. And they were testing me. I was only in my early 30s and they were testing me for early menopause and all of this type of stuff. It was really scary, eye-opening experience because I'm like, oh my God, I have actually done this to myself. I'm Sarah Tobin. I welcome to the Tapping Into podcast, the place to explore a whole host of different, natural, alternative and spiritual ways to change your life. My goal is to support you on your healing journey, whether you're planning to become a mother or already have children. Motherhood can often leave us feeling like we don't know who we are anymore. And this is the space to explore how rock bottoms and different modalities can often lead to the greatest joys. So get ready to come on a journey with me and enjoy. Welcome to today's episode of Tapping Into. Today, we're chatting with my friend, Kelly Connor Walsh. Now, Kelly's brother married my aunt. So we are in some way related. I don't even know in what way it is. And I used to meet Kelly at Funderland, a big kind of Christmas fun fair in Ireland every year when Dave and Nikki would take myself and my sister and Kelly to the fun fair. And I remember meeting Kelly when I was in my early teens and thinking that she was just so ahead of me, so gorgeous, so glamorized. She had a boyfriend and I would have been like 12 or 13 and we knew nothing of our lives, really. We we met each other at those times or met at other family events, but we never really knew what was going on with each other. We never connected again. And then in recent years, We have found our way back to each other and we have helped each other. I have gone to Kelly's classes. I've done some of her transformation programs. I'm learning a lot from her around nutrition and exercise. And Kelly's come to me for some support as well. So she's done some tapping and matrix re-imprinting sessions with me. So I just love what Kelly does and what she talks about in her exercise classes and and every time she's in front of someone she's giving pearls of wisdom and not just around exercise what kelly is doing is piecing the bigger picture together she's looking at things holistically and more long term and i just think it's gold and i think it's what every woman on the motherhood journey should be aware of We talked about the role of exercise in her life and how it's helped her through really deep periods of grief. We talk about her burnout and and her recovery from burnout and how exercise has really led her full circle and help her find her true purpose. Uh, We discussed how exercise should not be a punishment. It shouldn't be something to do because we've eaten so many calories. We talk about how exercise, we should do it because it makes us feel good, because it helps us manage our stress. It can calm the nervous system and help us release energy from our body. It helps us get strong and prevent conditions and diseases and really help us just have a better quality of life. And not just for now, but into the future. This is about tapping into exercise, but really 
this is a lot deeper than that. It's a lot bigger than that. And Kelly's managing to piece together the whole picture in a way that I think everyone should hear. So take from this what you need to get in touch with Kelly if you are interested in learning more. She does in-person classes at her home in North Dublin. And you can also join these on Zoom. So I've been joining in with her classes. So she's got people in front of her and her laptop. And there I am dancing away and doing lifting weights and everything as she's guiding us through her class. You can find her on Instagram, Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y, the concept, all one word. And you can message her there. You can find her legitfit.com profile. So she's running all of her classes through an app that you can easily access and book in from anywhere in the world. So if you like Kelly and you like what she has to say, I would really, really recommend um, getting in touch with her and learning more. So I really hope you enjoy this chat and do drop into my DMs or Kelly's and let us know what you think. Hi Kelly, thank you for coming to the Tapping Into podcast today. Hi Sarah, it is my absolute pleasure. I've been trying to get you on for ages, haven't I? We've been talking about this for a while. I know. And now is the time and I think we will reveal later why because, you know, this last two years, you've gone on a huge journey yourself in terms of reconnecting, healing, discovering, building a very successful business, like an amazing journey the last two years. But let's let's go back and start because, I mean, the start of everyone's journey is is the pivot point, isn't it, in terms of why they do what they do. And, and you found exercise and movement to support you. Can you explain how, how you got into exercise in general? So my dad was actually a professional boxer uh, um, when he was younger uh, in England. And when he came home then to Ireland, he gave up the boxing and he became a marathon runner. And my earliest memory of him would be on a Sunday morning when he'd be, I could hear the skipping rope um, and he'd be downstairs skipping. And that was his warm up before he went out on a run. I just thought that, that this was so cool that my dad could skip, <laughs> you know, and do all the fancy kind of boxing things that they do, you know. So that was my earliest memory of him. And like the fact that he ran marathons and back then the marathons were actually over this side of Dublin. So I remember going down to see him and cheer him on. And I just thought that this was so amazing that he like it was almost like a superhero that he was so fit and he did all of this stuff, you know. So uh, as I kind of got into teenage years, then I would very often go out on my bike while he would run. And we kind of back in the, I was going to say 90s, but it was probably, oh my God, it would probably, no, it had to be the 90s. Getting how old I am. But anyway, <laughs> we, we used to go to aerobics classes together. Wow. Like, yeah, yeah. So I was probably only 15 or 16. And like when I think back of it now, I'm like, I was a little bit embarrassed that I was going with my dad because like there was obviously no other men. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But we actually used to do that together or whatever. So, yeah, it was always a bit of a part of my life. Like I was never really into sport. I'm not like a competitive person. <laughs> I was quite shy when I was a kid. So joining a team or anything like that would have been just too much for me, you know. So I was never into that type of thing. It's, it's funny when I think even about secondary school, like I would not go into PE because I was too shy. I didn't have that type of relationship with exercise at all. So during my teenage years, I would do that. And, you know, then obviously, like I kind of would join gyms and, you know, we had a big, huge gym here in the area and like all my friends joined and we'd go to that and it kind of became a social thing or whatever. 
and then I moved to Australia and like obviously when you're in Australia you're out on the beach all the time so you know I got I got really into fitness when I was there and I used to go and do classes and stuff like that probably now like when I think back I didn't realize the effect that it was having on my mental health because I was too busy thinking about what I was going to look like in a bikini on Bondi Beach but (laughs) but it probably was you know because unfortunately at the time my dad was very ill when I was in Australia and unfortunately he then I had to come home then because he he passed away so and what age were you then Kelly so I was 26 then 26 right yeah so it it, it was then that I turned to exercise to help with with, with the grief Mm. and I found it it just it didn't make me any less sad don't don't get me wrong it just helped me manage it that little bit better and when you're young I think and you lose somebody like that like I I really felt like I didn't know what was happening to me you know going to the gym and exercising and doing that type of thing just helped me manage it that little bit better and it's only really now when I look back that I know that that's what was going on I probably wasn't totally aware of that Mm. when I was in it Um, and then I kind of decided you know oh my god like if exercise can make me feel this way and make me feel so good and help me with the deal the the loss of my dad I want to show other people that they can that they can do this too, that this is like an amazing thing to do, you know? And so I was working in IT at the time and I was really bad at it. <laughs> and anyway, I was terrible. I was one of those people that'd be like, yeah, just switch it off. I'm like, oh, I got to be grand. You know, I'm really not interested in it at all. <laughs> and I just remember Alan saying to me, well, like you're, you, you love exercise now. So like, well, would you not just change career? You know, I was like, mm, really? Oh, okay. <laughs> and like, that's kind of how it all happened. And the, but the big driver for me was I wanted to be able to show people that exercise doesn't have to be punishment. Exercise doesn't have to be about weight loss. Exercise can just help you deal with stuff that's going on in your life. Yeah, that was the big driver for me for changing my career. I don't know if you remember, Sarah, or even if you were living here at the time, but we had a big boom. And yeah. We, and we, so we bought this really overly priced apartment and I changed careers so I went from having a, an excellent salary to like working for like minimum wage on a gym floor and then like the crash happened oh my god <laughs> yeah and Alan got let go and so it was all of this crazy time and I'm in the gym going what have I done what have I done oh my god what have I done but at the same time I I knew it, it was my passion I I now know it was it's my purpose and uh, yeah never never regretted it never looked back how did you make that transition did you have to train as well as get a job like what are all the qualifications required so you can become a personal trainer in like two seconds now <laughs> back then I had to go to college for two years like it was two full years no yeah, and I studied with in Limerick University yeah so I would do I think it was like a Friday night and then an all-day Saturday so I'd work all week in in my IT job and go there on a Friday and then all day Saturday. And I did that for two years. Yeah, it was, it was a long time. And then a local gym here, I asked, could I do work experience there? And they were like, oh, we'd love you to kind of stay on. So I used to work two jobs then for a while. So I'd go to work at 7 a.m. I'd leave there at 4. I'd go into the gym for 5 p.m. and then leave at 9 p.m. And I did that for a long time as well. And worked wow. And, oh, yeah. It was hardcore, but at the same time, I I loved it so much. And I was just a bit afraid to make the transition. That was, mm-hmm. I was afraid to hand in my notice and leave the security of, of an actual proper wage and all of that type of thing. And, and it was really kind of Alan, like, you know, he was like, Kelly, you can't keep doing this. You know, you're going to end up 
burnt out and just just bite the bullet and do it and obviously then I never looked back but I remember my first day in the gym like my first full-time job day in the gym and I I wasn't starting work until four o'clock in the afternoon on the Monday and I remember waking up you know at six because a.m because I would have went into work into my job and I remember waking up and just going oh my god this is like what what do I do all day and then waiting until four o'clock and then in the gym going is this my life (laughs) you know it was so strange so it did take it did take quite a bit to get to get used to that but yeah it was great though I'd say and over the course of those years what was your mental health like like did you ever get to burn it oh god yeah like loads of times and <laughs> I actually only spoke about this morning um, in my class I obviously now looking back I know what what was going on but at the time when I was in it I didn't realize what was going on you know after my dad passed away you know I did turn to exercise to help me and it was a huge distraction and it did help me with with my anxiety and everything but then I was also dealing with my mom who was who was really unwell at the time as well and I had a lot on my plate, you know, and, I, and I'd and i say I kind of use it all the exercises, probably a distraction as well. And it's only now that I look back and I think, you know, I really did need the therapy and something else as well as the exercise to, to help manage it all. Um, so I was I and I probably still I'm one of those people like that. I will say yes to everything, you know, so I was always busy. You know, mm-hmm. and the, the gym that I worked in at the time, you had to kind of take part in all of the classes. So I might do eight classes in a day, you know, I'll step aerobics, aerobics, spinning, this and that and the other. So not only was I mentally being burnt out, but I was also physically burnt out Eight as well. classes a day. I know, Sarah. No, it was crazy. It was the fittest I ever was, but like I was exhausted. And then not even thinking, my dad being the marathon runner, I wanted to do something to, to honor him. And I was like, okay, I'm going to run a marathon worst decision ever <laughs> and so I was also marathon trained but there was a lot going on and you know like when you're trying to carve out a career as a personal trainer as well you know I was trying to get clients and all that type of thing so it was a lot of work and it was physical a lot of physical work and, and mentally I probably wasn't doing as okay as I was pretending that I was you know mm-hmm. I wore that mask for a long time nobody wants to go into a gym and and see a depressed person <laughs> you know people want you to be happy and bubbly and you yeah. know within my in my personal life there was a lot going on and, and I probably masked that for for a very long time so how did you get to a point where you became aware of the emotional and mental pressure that you were under well of course your body's going to let you know your body's always going to tell you and I actually lost my period for like three full years and usually they would associate a loss of period with somebody that's overtraining and under eating and underweight. I was gaining weight. <laughs> mm. Of course I was. And again, when I think about it, I was burying my head in the sand about that. You know, I, I didn't want to face the fact that I had no period. It's so silly when I think about it now, you know, I was doing all of the things that I would advise all my clients not to do. I was doing like the total opposite to myself, you know, and the more get weight I was gaining, the more I was exercising, the less I was eating and the more like stress and pressure I was putting on my body. And, you know, when I think back of that time in my life, I feel so sorry for myself. Mm. Like I have such compassion for myself now because I understand it all. But at the time when I was in it, sure, I was just running around like a lunatic, you know, so. You were doing that, Kelly, like it sounds like a lot of self-sabotage, isn't it? You know, 
punishing yourself. Well, honestly, I just think I didn't want to face the fact that I was having panic attacks. I knew mentally there was something going on, but I was too afraid to face it. I really was. And, you know, I thought I hit it really well. Like Alan would know, you know, my best friends would know and all of that. Like I would often have gone into a class and be crying in the toilet like five minutes beforehand and then be in the class and I am here or whatever. And yeah, so it, it, it was a lot. So anyway, myself and Alan got married and I just remember him saying to me, we do want to have kids, don't we? So should you not be getting a period? <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, it's time, it's time to go face oh, it. Oh gosh, yeah. So I went to the doctor and then she she sent me to a specialist. And unfortunately, the first person that I was sent to, a male doctor, had a really horribly negative experience with him. He said to me, do you exercise? I said, yeah, well, I'm doing this and I've run a marathon, I'm doing that. And, you know, do you eat well? Yeah, yeah well, I, yeah, I really look after my diet or whatever. And then he, he said something like, you don't look like somebody that exercises and looks after their diet. But it gained like two and a half stone. So anyway, I was devastated after that. So needless to say, I went somewhere else, thank God, and got a second opinion. And I went to this amazing doctor and she kind of said to me after doing lots of tests or whatever, and she was like, Kelly, your cortisol levels are so high. Your adrenals are just all over the place. You were in fight or flight all of the time. Your body is not allowing you to have a period because it feels unsafe for you to, to get pregnant. And unless you sort yourself out, this is not going to end very well, you know, and they were testing me. I was only in my early thirties and they were testing me for early menopause and all of this type of stuff. It was a really scary, eye-opening experience because I'm like, oh my God, I have actually done this to myself. The line for me was like, your body feels unsafe to hold a pregnancy. Like that's just given me full body tingles. I mean, because that's what we know, the adrenaline, the cortisol is because we feel unsafe. And so- for the experiences that you've had in the build up to this point mm-hmm. had just been constantly had you on this edge mm-hmm. and you'd had no idea. Yeah, no idea. And, and, and you know what, I probably did have an idea, but I was just too scared to, 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 to deal with it. You know, I, I, I felt like too overwhelming for me to have to deal with it. And again, your body and your and your brain and is going to let you know, <laughs> like it's not going to end well. <laughs> no, to bite you in the butt at some point, doesn't yeah. it? And unfortunately, it did end in me having an emotional breakdown. And for all the worrying that I did about letting clients down and, you know, all of this, like I was forced to take time off then, <laughs> you know, because I was in such a state. And what did that look like, Kelly? So was that like, did you just stay in bed because you just couldn't? get out of bed I knew I wasn't right you know I knew I wasn't and I was personal training the girl at the time and she was studying psychology and me and her became really close I knew I wasn't in a good state mentally and I reached out to her and I was like would you come and meet me you know for a walk uh, one of the evenings and um, she was like yeah of course and up until this point Sarah throughout my life at, at different stages I had gone counseling Alan would say to me you know I think you need to go and talk to somebody or whatever and I used to just pretend that I was <laughs> that it worked and I was okay, just so everyone would kind of leave me alone. You know, <laughs> so I had had that type of experience. And anyway, when I met this girl, myself and Alan had bought our house, and we were doing it up and whatever. And that day, I had a sum of money in my bag to give to the builder or whoever that was doing the work. And I had the money in the bag. I was going to meet this girl for a walk to tell her how bad I felt and what was I going to do and how was I going to 
face all of this. And uh, while we were out on the walk, the car was broken into and the bag was stolen. <sighs> so I then shut down. Like my brain just shut off. So I don't remember. So she was with me and she said that I just stopped talking. I couldn't, I stopped moving. She said I went totally like I just wasn't here anymore. She obviously rang Alan, rang the guards or whatever. And when Alan came up, he said that I just, I just stood there going, no, no, you know, it was really bad. Not great (laughs) situation at all. So anyway, eventually got me home and thankfully I had a really good doctor at the time. So she came to the house and so I was two full weeks of, she used to check in with me every day, crying, couldn't get out of bed, couldn't read, couldn't really hold a conversation, couldn't sleep, couldn't eat, couldn't anything, nothing. Everything kind of really shut down. It was really horrible time. And she then put me on medication. And so it took about a month, I'd say, in total for me to kind of I regulate myself again. I know now that my my central nervous system was so dysregulated, you yeah. know, and it took about a month of yeah being on the meds and taking time off and to just calm everything down, you know, and yeah, and that's when I started therapy. And that's basically probably the worst thing that's ever happened to me, but one of the best things that's ever happened to me because it really just made me sort myself it basically kicked you onto that path didn't it yeah it's crazy when I think about it because I'm like if my clients were doing the things themselves that I was doing to myself I would have been you know horrified I get sad when I think about it because I'm like why did I not feel like that was (laughs) you know that I wasn't worth helping myself you know yeah I suppose when you're in it it's 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 harder to, to yeah and you know you're not alone so many people that I work with and I'm sure that you see too mm-hmm. also not having compassion for themselves yeah yeah and then I used to feel incredibly guilty about how I felt because I'd say to myself you know I have my health I have a roof over my head I've food in the fridge as people are not less worse off than me and how could I be sad I've no right to be sad you know that that type of thing used to go on in my head quite a bit as well but then you know? you're um not validating that emotion you're not giving it space to move through you and then it gets stuck doesn't it yeah, yeah. so you're kind of ignoring it yeah And then the other thing is, like, when I think back as well, you know, I know now that, you know, all of the the training that I was doing, all the exercise, just stressing my body out even more, wondering, like, everything was just going against me, you know. And yeah, as I said, your body will let you know. And definitely your brain will have enough at some point and be like, right, that's it. (laughs) I give up. I've gave up now. Yeah. Yeah. From what I know of you now and, and what you teach now, there's quite a bit of unlearning and relearning to do, wasn't there, from what you learned originally in your training? Yeah. So I had to, like the therapy was, that helped me so, so much. You know, I had probably built up this negative thought around therapy. So I was going to counsellors, which I didn't realise was different to an actual psychotherapist and whatever. And, and when I went to him and he kind of made me just really understand myself and understand why I behaved in certain ways or understood you know, understanding that, that I, was, I was always people pleasing, always, you know, always saying yes, never saying no, had no boundaries, you know, all of that thing. And he really made me understand that. Then I was like, OK, I can actually control this and I can actually, you know, help myself and make make myself feel better and make myself make it OK that I can put myself first. You know, so there was a lot of that. And then obviously then I went when I had to take the time off, I couldn't exercise. I was in an awful state, but then I went back obviously to exercise again and realized that I had to just have a lot more I suppose 
to not be exercising to to distract myself from from the anxiety that I was feeling Mm -hmm. that okay it will help with the anxiety but you also have to face the reason why you're anxious (laughs) you know so yeah so I went back to that and then I and then I fell back in love with exercise all over again because I had a different approach to it you know amazing yeah and then how did you have your own gym so basically I was working in that gym for a good few years and I felt like it was an amazing gym. Don't get me wrong. I loved it. I loved being there, but I felt like the, the way in which that I wanted to do things wasn't the way that we did things in that gym. And um, I, I just so happened to have a conversation with, with, with a friend of mine and he's he was like, mm, I know this guy that's setting up this place. Why don't you go and talk to him? And so I went and spoke to him and he was like, right, well, do you want to just do this together? So we did, and we we set up uh, we set up a gym, and 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 it became hugely successful, like really fast. And and we moved location a few times, and that was amazing. And and then Alan, my husband, obviously came on board, and and yeah, it was it was great. But, but very quickly, I fell back into the yes, 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 yes all the time, and running myself into the ground again, you know. So yeah, that that wasn't great, and. You know, I it, isn't it funny, isn't it, that you know that you do these things, but sometimes we're just, I guess, so unaware of it. Or to stop yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Until you're forced to stop. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> the universe doesn't let you away with it. No, no. no. Um, and it, it's only really now, Sarah, like since obviously the lockdowns and I've now set up my own gym, I'm, I'm really strict with, with the boundaries that I, I put in place and with my time and all of that. I'm like 15 years trying to get to that point. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. So then obviously with when lockdown happened, the, our big gym closed and I thought, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I'd only had coal. She was only 12 weeks old. It was really scary time, you know, and I started this kind of uh, online accountability program for women. And that was hugely successful. And then it, it's, it's funny, isn't it? When I when I think back of how it all kind of started to unfold, what I really wanted is so Every client that I, I dealt with, all the women that I dealt with in, in my career, a lot of them were staying with me. So I'm getting older and they're getting older, <laughs> right? And I'm going, <laughs> right, we have to change how we do things. And so what was happening in the, in my first bigger gym, you come to personal train with me once a week, right? But then you go off and do classes and I might not see you then, right? So what used to, I'd be like, I want to see Sarah three times a week. I want to see her and be like, right, Sarah, you need to lift a little bit heavier. Or, or I want to have a conversation with you. Are you okay today? You, you know, mm-hmm. I know what it's time to push Sarah today or it's time to ease off. Or maybe we just need to have a chat. Maybe we don't need to exercise at all. You know, so it was this whole idea that I was like, no, I, I need to be able to see my clients more face to face so that I can, you know, I can help them get the better experience of, 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 of what's going on. So I kind of decided then, that I was going to set up my own gym and I did that out my back garden and it's now the wellness hub and it's amazing and probably the best decision that I've ever made because now I can I can see clients you know two and three times a week and really we work in a group but in a small group but it's basically like one-to-one and it's yeah it's, it's amazing. And how have you taken what you've been through your experience and the learnings of the mind and body and soul connection because that's yeah. something that I've noticed with you now. You're really mm-hmm. looking at the holistic picture. Mm-hmm. How have you been able to pull that together? And why have you done that? Do you know what? After I had coal, so I had coal when I was 40. And something 
something clicked in my brain when I had her and I just kind of thought to myself I can't keep going on the way I'm going I'm like a bro- broken record I keep going <laughs> I keep doing the same thing and expecting different results and um, so th- th- a couple of things happened when I was pregnant on Jackson I had gained five stone right just it was I was uh, we used to call him the mega baby right so I gained <laughs> five stone and as a personal trainer I felt the pressure after I had him to lose this weight Nobody was putting me under pressure, by the way. This was just all in my head. And so for a full year and a half, I absolutely went back to my old habits, overtraining, under-eating, all of this type of really put myself under an awful lot of pressure, you know. And when I got pregnant on cold, then I don't know what happened to me. I don't know what changed in my head. But I was just like, I'm not doing this anymore. I don't know whether it's because I had a little girl. And I'm going, I can't, I don't want her to see me do this to myself. You know, so it could have been that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But she was 12 week old, weeks old when we went into the lockdown. And I was still on these antidepressants that I was on when I'd had the breakdown. And I was kind of saying to myself, you know, I need to maybe figure out a way to come off these. Because I wasn't, I had done all the therapy. I, I, I knew the reasons why I was anxious or the way that, you know, my behaviours. So it wasn't that I needed to be on them anymore. I didn't, but I was too afraid to come off them. And um, so... We went into the lockdown and obviously, you know, when we first went into the lockdown, like I literally thought it was the end of the world. I was like, oh my God, yeah. we're all going to die. We are all <laughs> going to die. This is, it. this is it. This is the end of it. So after I kind of got over that, <laughs> I kind of said to Alan, look, I'm I'm going to I'm gonna work with my doctor and I'm going to try and come off the end of the presence. And he'd be making fun of me and be going, the whole world is going on when you're coming off. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> you're in this pandemic or whatever. And I was like, no, it's probably the only time I'm ever going to have time to actually figure out why I think I still need antidepressants, <laughs> you know. That's so, amazing. Yeah. And I remember waking up one day and, and you know, Cole is a tiny baby. Jackson's there. Alan's there. I'm in my house. I have everything that I've ever wanted, ever. And I'm still anxious. I'm going, what? what is this? Why, why am I feeling like this? And that, that was the start of it. That was the start of this amazing journey that I've been on these past few years that I, I have finally, I'm finally finding, you know, inner peace and happiness. I spoke, I spoke to to the girls this morning. I was like, you know, when people talk about being on a a journey of self-love, I I feel like self-love sounds like it's something like to to do a vanity, you know, Mm. But it isn't like for me, self-love was finding ways to have inner peace and happiness. And and that's what I did. And that's and, and, and that's what I'm still doing, you know. Mm. So, yeah, I, I came off the antidepressants. I, I, I went back out running. I started to listen to podcasts. Me and you reconnected. You helped me in such an amazing level. And, <laughs> and I'm always saying to the girls, you know, when I talk about you and what we've done, I'm always like, I feel like I always do her a, 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 an injustice when I talk about what we do, because I'm like, I don't know what it is she does. But she has it's to hard to explain. <laughs> it is hard to explain. But it, I was telling the girls on the walk yesterday, I was like, what it is for me, what what we did during that time when I was coming off the antidepressants and all of that, you you were able to help me recognize and name the emotions that I was feeling. Mm. So, you know, I'd say something like, oh, well, I'm just sad. It, it wasn't that. It was because I felt guilt, you know. Yeah. So it was like really yeah. pulling out the emotion and naming it and then letting it go. Yeah. So so that's what I, I, I feel worked so well for me because I think, you know, we, we very often just keep telling ourselves that we're sad or we're this or we're that. And it's probably not that at all, you know, and that you can actually 
you know, name it and 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 let it go. And and that's what you did for me. And it's been just so amazing. And like the spirituality, I guess, I I I feel like I've always been a bit spiritual. Um, but I I I just got great comfort in 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 thinking that there was something more. <laughs> something more than just us you know and yeah I, I and thankfully that I, I I did feel like that because obviously as you know it, it prepped me for the most horrible time in my life and that was yeah you know the loss of my mom and yeah just having that feeling of of knowing that she's somewhere now happy uh, pain-free mm-hmm. you know and, and it brings me a lot of comfort it re- really really does how many months is it Kelly so it'll be nine months now in April yeah that's flown, isn't it? Oh, God. And then it's her birthday as well, you know, in April. And obviously yesterday being Mother's Day and, mm. you know, all week. So so this day last week, I woke up and I was in an awful state and I was dreading the day. And I was saying, to Anne, I'm just I'm going to go to bed for the day. Oh, no, I'll go away. I'll do this. I, you know, I was all over the place. And then I said, no, do you know what, Kelly? Go back to your things that make you feel happy and well and do them all week and prep yourself for the day. If you end up staying in bed crying all day, doesn't matter. But if 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 you can try and control control it in a little bit of way, then do and and I, and I go back to the list. I always go back to this list, and I did lots of things to make me feel happy and well all week. And then yesterday came and I had a lovely day. <laughs> so, isn't that just mind over matter kind of experience yeah. for you? Isn't yeah. it? That's that's proof, real proof that you could take a feeling, acknowledge the feeling, yeah. decide to take conscious control. Mm-hmm. put things in place that you know so you went back to your list of the things that make you happy did those things and then the proof was in the pudding yesterday yeah, yeah. that's incredible do you know what as well Sarah like I never take for granted for the fact that I am a mother mm-hmm. you know what I mean so I was like I can be sad about not having my mom but I have to also celebrate the fact that I, I am a mother and that I'm so grateful to be a mom you know yeah. what I mean and, yeah. and what an amazing gift that is to be a mother you know so I, I kind of had that in my head as well going you know, you really do have control. I, I spoke about this to the girls this morning as well. And, I, and I, I'm always really cautious in the way that I talk about this, because sometimes I feel like I say it like as if it's so easy. Well, just know what you feel and make a plan. And, you know, <laughs> but, it, but it's taken, taken years of work for me mm-hmm. to get to this point. Yeah. You know, it's like years upon years of of, of therapies and, and different things and, and trying to understand myself and, and then putting them in place and actioning them. You know, I always remember my therapist used to say to me, he was like, you love a bit of homework, don't you? I'm like, okay, so if this happens, then what will I do? And then the following week, I'm like, I did that. I did what you said. You know, this is amazing. You know, so I always, I always want to take action on things. But you're you're I'm, proactive and, and yeah. you know, it's obviously serving you well because some people are afraid to maybe take steps like that, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I think again, you know, unfortunately my, my, my mom suffered from depression a lot of her life. And, and, and it, it, when I think back of, of how hard it was for her and how easy it is to, to, to get into that, you know what I mean? And oh, yeah. unfortunately she didn't have the tools available to her that I have. And so I'm going to make sure that I use them and make sure that I ask for help and make sure that I, you know, do do all of these things. So I don't end up back with no period for three years and in an awful state, you know. So I think that yeah. drives me forward as well. You know, when you when you've hit rock bottom and you, I don't ever want to go back there again. But it, I, I do feel like it's quite easy if you allow us to get back there. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And that was the same with me. It was like, 
I think it was three months the day after we lost Alice. And I was like, I can choose to stay in this place or I can choose to start moving forward. And I was like, oh God, get me out of this place quick, quick. (laughs) So I was like, okay, I need to actually start taking some steps now because otherwise it would, I would have just, yes, stayed frozen in that, in that emotion, that energy. Like I've seen from our conversations and, and, and what you have shared about the loss of your mom, but um, how has that affected you? And how did you get out of it again? Because I know it was a tough, tough. I I guess because I had already lost a parent. um, So I'd already been, been, been through that with with my dad. But I suppose myself, my mom, obviously we we did longer time together. We, We were very close. We spent a lot of time together. And so it was a different type of loss for me. But I, I did kind of know what to expect with the grief of the anger, the sadness and the loneliness. Like no one speaks about how lonely grief is. You know, Mm -hmm. I I find the loneliness gets me sometimes um, and still does. But she was very unwell. And as I said, I think my spirituality and knowing that she was going to be happier and pain free really got me through the, the most difficult days. And don't get me wrong, it doesn't take away from the fact that I miss her terrible. And, mm. and like I'm so sad she's not here. And I, I get sad about the, the two years of the pandemic and, and, and what that took from us, yeah. you know, and and that type of thing as well. But again, like you just said, you can't you can't live in that that headspace. You know, I I think it's okay to to acknowledge it and it's okay to to do it for a while. And I think that while can be a couple of weeks, a couple of months, could be even longer for from other for other people. But I think there has to come a point where you go, okay, that's it now. Because for me, when I see when I approach grief, especially around death, like a loss of somebody, I keep asking myself, would they want you to be feeling this bad? Yeah, exactly. And it, they really wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. I, I spoke to my, my friend the other day and and, and I said to her, you know, I, I, when I think about my mom, I like I see her around me all the time. But I, I just hope that she's like buzzing for me. <laughs> you know, I hope she's like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Don't be sad. You know, keep, you know, keep yourself going. And and obviously then when I look at the kids, you know, I, I this whole experience with losing my mom has has brought myself and Jack Jackson in particular it's called too small so much closer and he uh, he understands now that you can be happy and sad at the same time I wow. mean and he's five so th- even that even That's even amazing. through the grief I was learning myself going two emotions can coexist I can be sad but I don't have to be sad and crying all day every day I can yeah. still enjoy time and moments and being more present if anything it has made me feel like I, I I need to be more present but again I put all these kind of little things in place so in the morning times especially in the in the really early days if I slept or not slept straight away that that, that feeling of oh she's gone you know would nearly strangle me in the morning times wow. horrible and Alan would obviously be gone really early and I'd be crying and all this and I just kind of said to myself I can't let Jackson see me this way all the time yeah. You know, so what can I do? So I would I would set the alarm or, or, or maybe I wouldn't have even slept. But at, at, at 6 a.m. every morning, I'd listen to some meditation, just five minutes. And my head be all over the place, you know, and I didn't even know if I was listening or whatever. But I was doing that. Then the kids would come into bed and I do all my deep breathing, all of that type of stuff. And then the kids would come into bed and I would be present with those moments. 
of cuddling them and, and, and feeling the mm-hmm. softness of their skin and being so mindful of how special those moments are. Yeah. And then that kind of got me out of bed, you know, it was, and so I just did that consistently all the time and would get them to school and then I'd come home and obviously fall apart and and all that type of thing or if Jackson would come in and say to me Mammy why are you crying and I'd say well because I'm really sad because I miss Nana but I'm really happy that I'm here with you mm-hmm. you know that that type of thing but but he's he's funny you know he, he he'd say to me um Mam, where was I when when you were getting married and I'd say well you were still an angel in heaven and he'd go, all oh, right, okay. And I said, and then mommy and daddy said, please, God, can you give us an angel baby? And then he gave us you, right? So I always say that to you. So when my mom passed, he said, um, so how old was Nana when she was big? Right? <laughs> but she was 78. And you go, all oh, right, and she's in heaven now. So she's going to come back in someone else's belly at zero. And I was like, yeah, yeah, maybe. He was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's so mad the way he came up with that, you know? They just know, don't they? They're amazing. Yeah, yeah. So he, he always says it. He always says it. I wonder when that's going to happen. <laughs> amazing. The other day we were in a supermarket and we had to go to the toilet and Josh was washing his hands and he just says, do you know where the planets come from? And I was like, no, just to wait to see what he said. And he said, uh, the great big sun pops them out. And I was like, oh, that's great. And then he said, yeah. And I was in the great big sun before I popped out of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was like Jesus like they're mental but I love it yeah I love it I really do but uh, yeah it's just it's it's you know I, I'm in under no illusion Sarah that my ma- the loss of my mom and the grief can hit me at any time you know what I mean I'm, I'm not under any illusion that that's I, I'm suddenly fixed from my grief no, or well, you're like only that. nine yeah. months in this yeah. is still very early yeah yeah but every Monday I set my intentions for the week. So I know, I was saying to the girls this morning, so I know, I know exercise makes me feel good. So I make sure I do a prioritize it over everything anyway, whether it's my job or not, that's what I do. I know that when I eat well, I feel good. I eat crap, I feel crap. That's just the way it is. So I eat really well and I fuel my brain and I feel my body and I look at food in that way. I don't look at it as punishment or comfort or I look at it as feel purity um so I do that I know that you know getting out in nature and um, going for my walks listening to podcasts I know they that makes me feel good I know in the mornings my little meditation and and, and and my mindfulness of being in bed with the kids and all of that makes me feel good I know in the evening time when I get into the shower I I, I try to practice mindfulness in the shower and tell myself that I'm prepping myself for rest now I'm not going to do any of the things I didn't do in the day or I'm not going to start doing the things I'm supposed to do tomorrow I'm just going to you know take a few deep breaths and and get into bed and and I know my sleep is really important and and I know all of these things because I've written them down <laughs> you know so you so won't I, forget them so you don't forget yeah. and, and I think you see sometimes we do forget we do forget that these simple things make us feel good do you ever do you ever think to yourself do you remember that time I felt great you know, but what were you doing? <laughs> what were you doing that you You're felt great? You're dead right. You know, and, yeah. and usually you were probably exercising. You were probably looking after your diet a little bit more. You were probably going to therapy or looking after your mental health in some sort of a way. Yeah. But we forget. And I said to the girls last week, I was like, I always walk every day because I love being out. And especially because the weather's been, been so good. So I walk up to collect coal. But I was using the time then to ring people. And then I kind of said to myself, what am I doing? That's more people in my brain. You know, so... Get back this is to your to space. Your, yeah, yeah. And get back to listening to your podcast or silence. <laughs> and funny, uh, actually, I couldn't do the silence thing for such a long time I until know. I I went on this 
journey the past few years. I remember during the lockdown and I used to go out running. This is when I first started to listen to podcasts. And I got down to the park one of the days and I didn't have my ear pods. And if that had been six months previous, I would have drove home because I couldn't be left alone with my own mind. Mm-hmm. Where that morning I was like, oh, I'm kind of cool with this. <laughs> so all of this work that I'm doing is actually bringing me happiness and inner peace. Peace. Because yeah. you don't have to be thinking and all up in your own head all the time that I could actually run and look at the birds and listen to the birds and look at the trees and listen to the water and all of that and enjoy it. You know, where before I wouldn't have been, it was always distraction, you know. Yeah, so amazing. Yeah. Tell me about George. George. Well, it's funny because he was named out on the run. <laughs> I know. So, yeah. yeah. So one of my first podcasts, now, I always say his name wrong. Mo, gone, 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 it, gone it. I always say his name wrong but anyway he a friend of mine had sent me this one and it was Elizabeth Day you know how to fail with Elizabeth Day he was on her podcast yeah. and she goes I think you should listen to this so anyway <laughs> it's a really interesting one and so I, I I went out for the run and bear in mind I was coming off antidepressant at the time we were in a pandemic I had just had a baby you know it, it was all my business has closed down like I was you know Anakin. it was a lot it was a lot and um, so podcasting and she, without giving too much weight because you should listen to it, it was really really interesting he he wrote this book and I think it's something like an equation for happiness or something and he wrote all about happiness and then unfortunately he had a real tragedy in his life where he lost his son his son passed away and oh. so he had to put his own book into practice Mm-hmm. And so as part of that, then he was dealing with the grief and all of that. And like you said, trying to be unstuck in that, that you know, depression part of it. Mm-hmm. And he started to name the negative part of his brain, Becky. So then when Becky would say, well, you know, this, this and that and that, you know, he'd question it and he'd try and change what what she said. So I'm out on the run and I'm going, oh, my God. I'm going to name my brain George. I don't even know where George came from, by the way. But I did. It's like, I can't wait to go home and tell Alan, this is it. This is how I'm going to fix myself. You know, and he's gone, oh, all together. She's naming her brain. But it worked. It worked. I woke up, as I said, in the morning times, that anxiety straight away strangled me. And I'd say to myself, right, George, what are you actually saying to me? So George would say, you're ugly, you're worthless, you're crap, ma'am, you're this, you're that, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and I didn't really realize how badly I spoke to myself until I named it and started questioning. Like, yeah, and listen. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, well, then, well actually, you're not a bad ma'am because they're still alive. Look. <laughs> so, so, so that's a lie, George, you know? And, yeah. And so that, that type of conversations, and to be honest with you, Sarah, it wore me out for a long time. I used to be like, oh, George, please stop, you know? And now I barely hear George or George is kind of my friend now. Now we're, now we're buddies, <laughs> you know, and, and it's fine. It's funny because George is your ego and your ego is your governs so much of us. But a big part of the ego, not all of it, but a big part is our wounded self. And so we're responding to life from pain. And it's basically our inner child pain, the pain that has never been let go, this pain that's just been stored away and just comes up to resurface to nag and to to keep you in your comfort zone to keep you safe and really when when you can get to that point where rather than jumping on the anxiety train because George has said x well oh I must believe that and you go off on that roller coaster and you've all the emotional feelings and the physical feelings as an as an effect 
you actually observe the train of you're not a good mom and you let yeah. the train go past yeah. and you don't jump on it and you just go, oh, that's interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I've just thought that about myself. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. You're crazy. And I, and I really genuinely could not believe how bad it was. Mm. And that for years I was doing, you know, years upon years of this horrible self-talk and mm. you know like you said even the way that I would beat myself up about being sad like lots of sad things have happened to me of course I yeah. to be sad there's no not kind of feeling guilty about being sad just exactly because just adding another world. layer onto the the shit pile <laughs> yeah exactly so it was fascinating to me to to go through all of that it, it really was because I actually I love brain health and I love psychology and I love mm. what you do and I'm so interested in all of those things and how we behave and I, I went back to college actually a few years ago and studied psychology for a year I was thinking about change and career and I, I found the whole thing so fascinating so for me like naming George and understanding it and trying to change it even though it was really hard I kind of I liked the challenge of it <laughs> at the same time. You know, going, no, actually, wait a minute here, putting up with this. <laughs> you I know, love it. It was great. Yeah, it was really, really good. And when I think back to my poor mom, you know, as I said, we we know all of these things. We have all of these tools. You know, I know I've reached out to you plenty of times where, where I've felt, you know, oh God, I'm, 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 not, I'm, I'm not great or, or, or whatever. Mm. And when I think about my poor mom, like she didn't have that available to her, no. you know, and I think that's always is a driving force for me to, to keep well and stay well and stay on top of it, you know, and not, not end up the, the way that she was like physically and mentally, you know, and, I, and the more I'm learning about the mind and body and how connected it is, the more I'm like, no wonder she was so sick, sick. all the time when she yeah. was so suppressing her 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 feeling and her emotions all the time and it's it, it is it's sad and and it was actually a conversation that I had with, with with Nikki and she said to me do you think that your mom was here to teach it and I said That's, it was such an interesting question yeah and I was like I genuinely feel she was here to teach me to teach other women that it doesn't have to be this way yeah it doesn't have to be so hard you know that it's okay to ask for help it's okay to want to put yourself first it's okay to want to love yourself it's okay to do all of these things and I really believe that that's what she was here to teach me and I, and I feel very grateful and very privileged that I'm now able to teach that to other women too you know so yeah it's oh you're choking me up here I have full body tingles my heart is exploded yeah. and I want to cry now <laughs> yeah I know it makes wow. me it makes me emotional mm. too because I'm like it gives me a real sense of calm when I think about her in that way. Yeah. I'm gone. Purpose. She had to experience that. Yeah. It's a gift. For like that gift, to, the ripple effect out. Yeah. 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 She Amazing. helped me find my purpose. And now it's having this domino effect on so many people. And I love that. You know, I keep saying to the girls in the wellness hub, I'm like, everybody that loves you wants the best version of you. Everybody that loves you wants that for you. But also, you should want that for you because when you are the best version of you, it has the effect on everybody. So because nobody wants the tired person, the exhausted, the overwhelmed, the anxious, bad, the cranky person. Mm. You know, you don't want that for yourself. But no one else. So when, when, when the girls come to the hub and they might just come twice a week, they already say things to me like, everyone saying, but I can't believe the difference in me. And I'm like, because you're taking some time for yourself yeah. and that's all it 
all it is sometimes. It's just taking that little, like, like me doing the walking and ringing people. So why am I doing that? Yeah. Like, why am I doing that? That's that's more stuff, <laughs> you know, and, and just to recognize that. that it, and, it, and it doesn't have to be exercise, of course not. But it can just be something simple, like taking a few deep breaths, tapping, like, mm-hmm. oh my God, what a better person to do that with, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. And I just wish that, it, that, that you know, that, that, that my mom had all of this available to her. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, she didn't. So, But Cole yeah. will and all the kids of all yeah. the moms that you're teaching. Mm-hmm. Oh, big time, Sarah. And like, even when I'm, you know, I'm back studying now all about menopause and it really upsets me when I think about the amount of generations of women that went through that experience alone without any help and what it did to them physically mentally but also everybody else yeah you know imagine all of the families oh my god the kids yeah and like because I remember my my mom going through with you no no I don't oh god I really do yeah and like and then you know my my mom went through it and and and, you know Obviously, she did suffer from depression anyway, and it was mm. way worse. Like she took to the bed and didn't get out of bed, and then she ended up having a heart attack. You know, like just so horrific. And the more studying that I'm doing into all of this, I'm like, again, it doesn't have to be this way. You know, knowledge is power. We need to understand our bodies and celebrate it. It's just another chapter in our lives, and if we manage it really yeah. well, and if we do things that are going to help. It, it doesn't have to be the scary part of our lives, you know. No. Okay. So for the busy mom who thinks she's got no time, because you know, sometimes I'm I'm in that camp and I've yeah. I'm guilty of kind of coming along to your online things. Mm-hmm. And I did I've done like two or three a week for three weeks, and then I got sick and I literally like fell off a cliff and then I couldn't get back into it. And then I started again in January, a couple of weeks, and then I fell mm-hmm. off a cliff. Why did I do that? Yeah. So I get asked this all the time, you know, and it goes back to, I, I spoke about this last week, actually with, with the girls, it goes back to the motivation versus discipline. So motivation. So when anybody, I do it myself, when you decide that you're going to make a change, so we'll, we'll, we'll use the exercise. I'm definitely going to exercise. I'm going to do it. We set unrealistic goals because we're in our highest level of motivation at the time that we decide that we want to make this. Yeah. <laughs> but then we overwhelm ourselves with it and we do too much and it's unrealistic and then we stop and then it's too hard to get back on. Right. So that's number one thing that happens. So I always say to the girls, don't say you're going to come here five times a week. <laughs> say once a week, once a week, I'm going to carve out an hour for myself to do this. And then it's, once a week is not, well, once a week is better than no, no times a week. That's true. In my eyes, right? Yep, definitely. So, uh, so once a week. And then maybe in another couple of weeks, go, do you know what? I'll look that to two weeks. And then stay at two weeks for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and then naturally what happens is you go, oh, I'm getting a bit fitter and getting a bit stronger. And benefits. naturally then you'll start to want to do more. Yeah. So it becomes more of a natural decision rather than a forced one. Yeah. And then I think this is where discipline kicks in. So for me, I'm so disciplined in my exercise because I know that if I don't do it, I feel anxious and all of that type of thing. So I know that about myself. Yeah. So I think the discipline has to be that internal reward that you give yourself after you've exercised. Because when you do it, you never say, oh, I wish I'd that. That was the worst hour of my life. <laughs> like you don't, you're like, oh my god, yes. So it's trying to remember that internal reward that you you give yourself for for, for committing to something for a whole hour. And it's like that I, list that you mentioned earlier, isn't it? Yes, yeah. 
it's actually having it on the list yeah yeah and then I think as well now this is just for me personally but hopefully it would help other people as well it's just recognizing that in order for us to stay healthy and be healthy we have to exercise like we have to do it you know so again my poor mom I'm always using her she's probably she's probably standing <laughs> behind me now giving me now fatter across the head <laughs> you know she didn't exercise so it ended up that she had osteoporosis arthritis problems with her hips her knees her back her shoulder you name it she had it and those wow. things could have potentially been avoided if she had an exercise now she didn't know obviously yeah, but we do course. know yeah. you know if she had an exercise we have no and excuse now <laughs> we have no excuse so even if it's just twice a week to build up strength to not look as exercise punishment I think that's what most women do you know it's not looked at as a way to stay healthy if you know that something's good for your kids you make them do it (laughs) yet we we know this and yet we don't prioritize it and and I do I just say to to the girls look I remember my mom's issues with her physically started when she was in her 50s and it stopped her from living life. And I'm mm. like, I'm 42 now. I know I, I want to be in my 50s with the kids a little bit older and your mortgage is a little bit lower and, you know, living your best life. You don't yeah. want to be getting into that stage. Traveling around life. the world. Yeah. Traveling around the world and being in pain and having to go for operations and having problems here and oh, there and God. everywhere. So that's the other kind of thing that the I longer term motivation. Yeah. Yeah. The longer term motivation. And I suppose it's writing it down and going back to the list. Um, I, I was chatting to my friend Grace Zero to then, and she made a really good point, you know, that it's the why. Why are you doing it? Mm. You know, so very often the why, unfortunately, is always weight loss. Yeah. You know, so if you can get away from that and go, well, actually, I, I want to do this now because I want to be able to still run around after my kids or my grandkids, or I want to be able to you know, carry things to be independent, not have to rely on anybody. You know, if you can change your mindset in and around that, that I think that keeps you motivated and disciplined as well. You know, a different outlook on the, on the exercise. Definitely. And for somebody wanting to a bit of a, a refresh on your top tips for health. So I know that you, you're into your electrolytes and you do have yeah. these certain things that you do. So if you could give us a couple of tips that people can take away from today to actually start implementing that aren't going to be too taxing I feel like the other issue people that have that I keep telling all my girls is the smallest changes done consistently equals the biggest results right but they take long time so you don't get that instant gratification when you make a really small change like you like if you drank an extra cup of water a day you're not going to suddenly like have amazing skin (laughs) but if you keep doing that over time you will (laughs) you know what I mean so that type of thing. So I would just always strip it back, go back to basics. So the basics are you need to probably have protein at every meal, right? Especially as women, because we break down our muscle much quicker as we get older. And the more muscle that we break down, the the, the worse it is for our joints and our bones, the more likely we are to develop hormone related conditions like osteoporosis, arthritis and all of that. So protein at every meal, if you can just think to do that, Fiber, fiber, lots of fiber to get the digestive system working properly. So vegetables, again, it comes to your kids, you're bashing the broccoli into them, but you're not doing it for yourself. Okay, so there's two major things with the diet. Hydration, it's a boring one. I know it's, I'm bad at it myself, but it's really important. So I bought this on Amazon. So it's a big two liter sports bottle with a, a a sucky top. I find that easier than the 
other things. So I love coffee. So rather than having my coffee when I first wake up, which is what I really want, I make myself drink my water first. So I have a point of water or whatever. Now I use electrolytes. There's no need to do that. And then I have my coffee. But I feel like once I do that every day, it makes me drink more water during the day. Stress management. So how annoying is it to say to somebody that's really stressed to just not stress? Don't <laughs> <laughs> stress. I'm not sure it's like easy. Simple. Yeah. It's 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 not about that. It's 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 trying to really figure out the ways to help you make your central nervous system calm down. You tap, you know, tapping, yeah, breathing, breathing, breathing. Mm-hmm. We have to breathe, take deep breaths, whatever that whatever that looks like for you to manage that stress in some way. And I know it sounds so simple. Journaling has been a huge thing for me lately. I've been, I used to journal and then I went and, and, and now I've started again. And I cannot believe how much better I feel when I do that. Amazing. You know, gratitude, having, you know, you know, feeling grateful and it can actually change the pathways of our brains. We know that, you know, mm-hmm. so it, but it's figuring out, it's, it's no point in me telling people how to try and manage stress. It's really trying to figure that out for it for yourself you know um and recognizing perhaps that you're in 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 burnout and overwhelmed and all of that and, and what and what are you going to do and then sleep so sleep was probably <laughs> the most I suppose um one of the things that people don't think about when they think about their health but sleep is so hugely important for our overall health because it's when our body gets a chance to shut down and and restart and reset. It's when your brain gets a chance to shut down, restart and reset. And I know like I still have a five-year-old that comes into my bed every night. I don't get full, full night sleeps, but I'm a real big believer in trying to have some sort of a nighttime routine and some sort of a morning routine. And I talk about this a lot with the girls, you know, uh, I got the nighttime routine was when I spoke to Grace zero to Zen. So her little boy, little boy, her man boy is 19, right? She's <laughs> not kids, right? So she does this whole amazing thing at nighttime where I'm like, oh, I don't, I can't do that. So I implemented tiny little things. Like uh, I like to shower at nighttime. So when I'm in the shower, I do the mindfulness thing that I'm prepping myself for sleep. So I do that. I get into bed. I don't look at my phone. I do my deep breathing. I do my gratitude and I try and prep myself. So that doesn't take up more time because I'm doing those things anyway. Yeah, yeah. Do you know Good what I mean? Point. So it's yeah. kind of stacking on, on what you already do. Mm-hmm. And then it's the, those morning little rituals that I do, just setting the alarm a few minutes before five minutes so I can do the, the meditation and things like that, so that you're not starting your day in a, in a state of heightened anxiety. Panic, yeah. The panic. Oh, it's the worst. We spoke about it just before we started recording there that, you know, I'd often, you know, struggle in the morning with, with my little boy, he doesn't want to eat and all of that. And then I, I get him to school and I'm back. Okay, just light a candle, take a few deep breaths and then get ready for your day so that you're not starting the day in that sense of heightened anxiety yeah because then by the time bedtime comes you're so wound up that you can't actually go sleep then you know so it's it's really bringing it back to basics how do we start with the movement and the exercise I always encourage people to really do something that you enjoy now you're not always going to enjoy it that's the thing (laughs) you know you have to break through that part of being Mm -hmm. uh uncomfortable uncomfortable and sore and tired. <laughs> and then once you get past that, it, it can be enjoyable. So when it comes to just getting moving, do something that you enjoy. But when it comes to maybe functional health, it's important to, to, to try and do some resistance training. And um, I was reading a study at the weekend, actually, and it was based on perimenopausal, menopausal and postmenopausal women 
doing strength training and high intensity interval training and it's been proven that that can help with all sorts of different things that happen to us when once the hormones start to change so from a wow. functional point of view and a health point of view doing two weight sessions a week hugely important and wow. as i said you know to, to, to make your body strong it's not it's not giving you more muscle it's trying to preserve the muscle that's already on your body yeah so that it keeps your it. bones healthy and keeps you strong there's no no better feeling in the world than feeling strong I don't I, you know I see I um I feel like when I'm strong physically I feel stronger mentally amazing so yeah and and I watched the girls like in January around that uh, six week my morning so some of them had never you know they're in their late 40s have never lifted a weight or exercised or done anything ever again so or ever before so we started off body weight really slow getting them to think about what muscle they're using you know, you know I say okay so we're going to squat where do you feel that I feel it in my neck well oh well <laughs> that's not where you should feel the squat you think about you know your, your your quads and your bum and where the weight your body's going through your feet you know be really aware of what's happening in your body when you move and slow it down and and, and look after yourself and look after your posture and your core and all those type of things and the difference in them is um, I'd be like a proud man they're amazing so how can people work with you because i've joined some of your online zoom classes and you run programs and all sorts of things so how how do people get involved this is a really good question actually how do people, how do people get involved with me? Just think about this for a second you can see you can send me an email or um just uh yeah drop me a dm on instagram i guess i have it i have an app where all of my 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 classes are up there and yeah it can be done in studio or online as well like I love I would love to have everybody in studio but obviously I've only a limited amount of space it's an amazing setup tell me just just tell everybody about the wellness hub and actually you know how it came about because like the dig the first day yeah it was the day your mom went into hospital yeah so it's just so crazy so I've had this idea about me wanting to have my own gym so that I could see my clients a few times a week because I, I, I kept saying to Alan, you know, I, I'm getting older and so are my clients. This needs to be done. I don't want to do it. Years and years and years ago, Sarah, when I first started out as a personal trainer, I went to the UK to a, a marketing day with this personal trainer called Dax Moy. And he was huge at the time, you know, and um, I, I was really fascinated with him because he had a very holistic approach to exercise. That's why I liked him. So when we went on, on this day, I remember saying to him, oh my God, I bet he has a huge gym and I bet he's loads of staff and all of this. And when we got there, it was just like tiny little studio. And I was like, oh, okay. So I got chatting to him afterwards and he was like, well, look, how it works for me is I bring you in and we have a chat. So some days we exercise. Some days we don't. Some days we talk about goals, some setting or or stress management or nutrition, or I might give you a massage. And he was like, so that's how I, that's how I do things. So it's a whole mind, body, soul experience when you come to the studio. And that just was always in my mind. But I just didn't know how to create bring it, it all together. Mm-hmm. And so, as you said, the lockdown happened and I was all in this crossroads with my career didn't really know what way I wanted it to go and my my mom kind of was like why don't you just build one of those things out your back you've plenty of room to do it you know and I'm like oh well if our business goes down we've no money what am, how am I going to do this and you know you ask your brother Davis he'll give you a lot of money you know whatever so so this is how it all kind of happened so made the decision to do it and obviously because of the pandemic there was a huge backlog in these log cabins being built and I you, can't, you couldn't even ring the company anymore it just rang out I was emailing them all the time didn't have a start date or whatever so 
my mom goes into hospital and she had a huge heart operation, as you know. And one of the after about two weeks of her being in intensive care, I was allowed to go in to see her. And one of the first things she said, well, have you ever gone about that log cabin? Please don't go back to that gym and you have two small kids and you can't do it anymore. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. Wow. And my mom, there's such a backlog. That night they rang me. I was like, we're coming tomorrow at nine o'clock in the morning. Are you ready? And I was like, oh, yeah, I was supposed to have like a wall knocked down, like loads of things done before they came. But I just was like, OK, just come. So your man, they were really nice. He was like, you're supposed to. Have. I was like, oh, am I? Oh, sorry. <laughs> so, they, so, they, so they did the work. So 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 for those two weeks leading up to when she when she unfortunately went unconscious again, it was all the chat about that, you know, and, and what do you do now and all of this? Um, and, and unfortunately, then her health really deteriorated and she she went into a coma and I'd go in and I'd still tell her all of the stuff and everything that was going on and on the Friday before she passed away there was a bit of a, a misunderstanding about how many steps I needed up into the into the thing and Alan was kind of negotiating a deal with them and the guy said well look I'm going to come back tomorrow and do it and Alan reckons that the last nail went in just at the moment that my man passed away he said he got the message on his phone just at that time oh my god yeah I know and I, I just I feel like it was her she wanted me to have it so much she never liked the fact that I had that bigger gym she used to always think and I used to be really annoyed with her because I was like why can't you be proud of me and she'd be like you're going into the ground with this and you have two kids and you she saw but I suppose she saw the bigger picture where you you were in yeah. it you couldn't see it couldn't see it mm. and then in the lockdown I used to have, myself and I don't ever argue. And we used to have these arguments about me wanting to move away. So I'd say to him, I don't want to live here anymore. And he'd say, but I, I do. And you're not going to leave your mom anyway. So what? So, and we'd have these full on arguments, you know, and I'd be, he'd be like, well, where do you want to go? I'm like, I don't know. Like, it's over here. <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> it's just somewhere. And he'd go, but you're not going to leave your mom. I, I, I don't get where you're, you know, you're, you're always saying this. And, and he, he often says to me, He's like, she put that there so that you would stop annoying me about moving away because I don't want to leave my family. I want to be here, you know. And I guess for me, I did have this uneasy unhappiness about being here. And now that I have this, I, I, I don't have it anymore. Amazing where life takes you, isn't it? The journeys mm. that we can go on, the, the what we learn and then how we can bring them to other people. Yeah. So, yeah, it's amazing. Well, well done. Thank you. It's not been so easy. Much. But look, I wouldn't have done half of this if it wasn't for you too Sarah uh, so no. no honest to God honestly you helped me like more than you'll ever know you've yeah. you seen when I was down at St. Anne's the other day that that part of St. Anne's that we did all that visualization work you know I, I that you know brings me shivers when I think about it because I wouldn't have progressed as much as I did if it wasn't for you so thank you so much oh thank you you're making me all sad now. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're amazing. You're amazing. That's why I tell everybody about you. I'm like, you need to get on to my friend Sarah. <laughs> oh, but so are you. And the motivation versus discipline. I'm gonna I'm gonna take that away because that's where I kind of go hell for leather into things and then and then stop. You know what it is, Sarah? <laughs> take your time. Just do things body weight, do it slower, take more breaks. Be nicer to yourself in the session <laughs> as well. Do you know what I mean? That's a good point. Yeah, don't expect your body to, to when you haven't been doing it, to do what you were doing when you were doing it consistently. You just need to strip it back a little bit. Just be a bit nicer to yourself when you're doing it. <laughs> yeah, exercise is not punishment. That's exactly. the, new, the new belief. Okay, amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing with me today. That's just been amazing. And just very honoured that you took the time to talk to me today. No, 
not at all. I was so delighted. I'm so glad that we finally did it. And I was so <laughs> nervous as well. I was like, oh my God, what did it say? But anyway, so thank you so much. You're amazing. I have a, I have a client now coming that has been training with me for 15 years. <laughs> I listened to a podcast a couple of weeks ago and this guy was saying, you know, you shouldn't have long term clients. You should be able to get them where they want to be and then they should move on and be able to do things themselves. And I totally disagree with that. Yeah. Like I totally disagree with that because I'm like, it's more than the exercise. You know what I mean? The sessions are more than that. They're their connection and their support, isn't it? And like one of the things you mentioned earlier, which I didn't pick up on at the time, is like we're not meant to do everything by ourselves. We're not meant to know everything. And that's where we struggle, is because we can't know everything. We need other people to teach us stuff yeah. and to help us and guide us and bring us on journeys. And then yeah, let go of our hands so we can walk along and then we'll find someone else to pull us on yeah. another part of the road. It's like, we're not meant to do it on our own. Yeah, yeah, that connection. And like, I, I see even more now on, on this six weeks wellness thing that, I, that I've been doing. We go out to host on a, on a Sunday morning at 8 a.m. And it's the connection with nature. It's the connection with each other. It's it's the having the chats. It's amazing. And especially when it's wow. women. Yeah. You know, because we are all the same. We are all the same, really. Underneath it all, we want the same things. So, yeah, no, I love that. But thank you. I better go. Let- yeah, you better go on to your client now. <laughs> thank you so much for your time today. And I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please like, subscribe and maybe leave a review too. I work with women all over the world, helping them to leave the trauma of the past behind let go of limiting beliefs, step into their power and create the futures that they desire. To find out more about me, visit my website, tappingformums.com. You can work with me one-to-one. You could join my Tapping Into Motherhood membership and community, or you can tap along with me for free on YouTube. Just search for mums. Hope to see you next time and have a wonderful day.